0: Welcome to the Game Deflators Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7. My name is John, and I am joined by our co-host, Ryan.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Here at the Game Deflators Podcast, every week we like to talk about games that we've recently picked up games that we're playing and then we go into our usual inflation deflation challenge where we take a game from john's collection or something that we want to talk about and see if it lives up to the price point that it's going out at the market right now so we're going to start off with john what'd you pick up this week Hey guys, so uh, obviously this week we
0: had Black Friday, Um, I hear there's only about 20 million casualties this year at Walmart, so uh, not too bad compared to recent years, Uh, but there was a lot of gaming deals that were out there, and I know Ryan had a few pickups as well, Uh, me not so much, because I've picked up a lot of the games I've wanted throughout the year. Uh, This time around, I did however get two games, so I picked up God of War, and I also picked up Uncharted Lost Legacy. So, uh, realistically, these were the only two games that I really had any interest in picking up this year. Uncharted Lost Legacies had frequent sales uh, throughout the year. I just found it more convenient if I was going to go into GameStop to get God of War, pick up Uncharted as well. Um, And then some of you will say, well, John, why are you now waiting till right now to play God of War. Well, the interesting thing is uh, I'm a cheapskate. So I will typically pick up a lot of these games a year outside of them being released. uh, So I know I can get a pretty good discount on them. And that's uh, pretty much a vast majority of my games and um, how I pick those up. Uh, But anybody that's interested in Uncharted Lost Legacy uh, doesn't really know too much about it. uh, It's pretty much a sidebar type of uh, quest uh, where you play two of the female characters uh, within the Uncharted uh, series and they're on their own adventure outside of nathan drake so this is um, the first uncharted game that doesn't feature nathan drake uh, who is a fortune treasure hunter um, it's kind of if you've never played the uncharted series it's like laura meets a uh, smart ass guy pretty much like that's the general just it's bit.
1: tomb raider but starring han solo basically yeah. but looks more like channing tatum
0: yeah, that's, that's probably a proper assessment, yeah, and lots of female characters throughout that he hits on, and uh, yeah, it's got a pretty badass storyline, so if you've never played the Uncharted series, definitely pick it up. I think the HD collection is on the PS4, and then the uh, Uncharted 4 is on there, as well as the Lost Legacy game, so a uh, vast majority of them are on there, and I think there was one installation on the Vita, which I never did play and still need to, um... So yeah, I don't have too much to say on Lost Legacy, Ryan. Uh, it's just, you know, a recent pickup. I'll get to it probably in the next six months or so. Uh, God of War, on the other hand, I played the series. Um, I want to say I missed the two PSP games, uh, but I did play 1, 2, and 3. Absolutely love them. It's one of my favorite series, uh, going back, obviously, to the PlayStation 2 when I initially picked them up. Um, so you could probably talk a little bit more on Dad of War, Uh a.k.a. God of War, on the PS4?
1: Yeah, yeah. So God of War is my favorite series of all time. And I had a a bit of a a breakup with it for a little while. God of War 2 was amazing, but it took me years to get a hold of a PS3 and be able to play God of War 3. So in the workup for that, I went out and when I got my PS3, I actually got a killer deal. I got a used... A copy of the God of War Legacy collection, the Zone of the Enders collection, and Nino Cooney, plus a PlayStation 3 bundled with GTA 5. So I got a PS3 and eight games, nine games for under 300 bucks. It was awesome. But I went through and I replayed the whole series to get ready to play through God of War 3. And I was so unbelievably excited for Dad of War. I thought it was an amazing game. And it might be my favorite game of all time, but I actually never finished it because I have a really tough time finishing longer games. So it's definitely something I need to get back to, but it's definitely something that I'm going to say, when you start that up, let me know. I mean, obviously I'll know, but let me know so that I can go through it and we can talk about it as you experience it and as I re you know integrate myself into it because it is a fantastic game well
0: right now i mean i'm on the end of playing pokemon still and we'll talk about that a little later in the episode pokemon challenge yeah i think i'm winning that so far uh and after i play pokemon i gotta get back into folklore because that is what we were playing initially before pokemon came out uh pokemon kind of snuck up on me actually so i'll get back into folklore after a bit uh and then i
1: will probably play god of war after folklore so i mean i could totally relate to that like where did the year go like It seemed like we were talking about Pokemon like a long time ago and it was this kind of like far off thing. And out of nowhere, it's like, well, I guess it's almost Thanksgiving time.
0: I actually, um, with the Pokemon game, uh, when it came out, I was sitting in a car running some errands and I looked over at, I guess, my wife now and just said, oh, yeah, the Pokemon game comes out today. Let's go run to the store and go buy it. Like That's pretty much what it was. It wasn't like that large anticipation like a lot of these other titles and that's honestly kind of where I've been for the last I don't know probably five years I don't usually anticipate games to come out uh, typically because I get very disappointed uh, when I pre-order games so um, you know I guess a few uh, few games that kind of go against my general rule of thumb would have been *Nino Cooney 2 which I still haven't played and I'm scared to play and uh, Owlboy those are probably the two most recent um, pre-orders I had. Owlboy came through for you, though. Yeah, yeah, it definitely lived up to it. I mean, it's pretty cheap now. I mean, it makes me wonder if I should have even bothered with the uh, special edition, but it is a pretty cool special edition set. So, um, all right, man. Well, uh, what did you pick up? I mean, obviously, on this fine Black Friday and hopefully some more pickups tomorrow on Cyber
1: Monday. Well, so I actually, I haven't taken advantage of any of the deals. Um, my wife recently bought the a whole... Uh, Bioshock PS4 bundle so she got that a little bit before Black Friday came out it's a series we both played through all the games already but it's kind of it's kind of nice to put everything onto just one disc you know instead of having to okay let's go grab the 360 and hook it up so it's nice to be able to do that and you know I'm sure she'll get to it before I do because i played those games to death already um and then i also picked up something that i've been excited about for the switch but not super vocally i picked up civ 6 on the switch of course digital because i'm keeping it a digital platform for the most part and it is a weird history i have with civilizations uh one of my best friends drew he got me into civ on the ps1 And I borrowed that from him, played it a bit as a kid, had a good time. Later on in life, we became roommates. And he got me super into Civ V. And we would sit around and play that literally all day. Because it's one of those games where you could sit down and play it for like eight hours, you know, helping each other rule a country and decide who your enemies are going to be in the world and stuff
0: yeah it kind of reminds me of just that little snippet of that kind of history of with the game reminded me of uh years of playing starcraft on battle.net uh locally with uh my brother and and uh one of my best friends and that was just you could spend eight 12 hours in a day just consistently killing one another and teaming up on other players and uh yeah that that little snippet just reminded me about that
1: yeah i mean it definitely has that kind of vibe and um his brother has a Switch, and he's a good friend now too. So I'm hoping to get some people online that I can play with, but it's uh, it's just one of those games that I was like, this will be a good pickup because this is a game that if I get, I can have some kind of long-term investment. It's kind of like a couple of weeks ago when I picked up Transistor. I've already beaten Transistor, but I know that the new game plus for it has a lot of value. So it's like I've kind of been looking at okay, what can I pick up on the Switch in the short term that's going to be a rewarding playthrough and what can I pick up that I can play in the long run that's going to give me some kind of longevity kind of thing because it's like anybody who's played Civ knows that it's one of those games that you can really get into and really kind of establish your, whatever you're doing in your current playthrough. Plus it comes bundled with all of the DLC that's already been released. It's like, supposed to be a really good port. It took me a while to figure out how the gameplay mechanics played out and kind of the control system of it was a little bit not what I was expecting. I think partly it was to do with the fact that I was playing on the TV and primarily I played my Switch in handheld. Once I kind of switched over to the handheld and was kind of just laying in bed playing it before I went to sleep, it kind of felt a little bit better that way. Um, Graphically, it looks... You know, it's got that kind of cartoony in a Sims Warcraft kind of skew where it's not hyper unrealistic, but, you know, it really fits with the world and the characters and stuff. And, you know, I love uh, the narration of the game, all the, uh, the different rulers, all of the different mechanics I still have to get used to because I haven't really played since Civ 5 and I haven't really played that in at least nine years or eight years so it's gonna take me a while with this one I might check in periodically and let you guys out there know how I'm doing with it but uh you know even at the full price point for 60 bucks I think that it was worth my money because I can definitely see this being something that I can play for a long time and I've especially heard that this is a great game for if you're going to have a couple people over to hang out, you know, and they kind of already know what's going on with the game. It's one of those kind of games where you could play a multiplayer game and just kind of pass the controls off. And it's like if it's not your turn, you can just kind of sit and talk and drink and eat and stuff while the next person's going and just, you know, play a quick game. Or have a like once a week kind of session where people come over and hang out and you play through. So I'm looking forward to all the different options and exploring exactly how a game like this on the Switch can be played out.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Civ 6 is a game that I've also kind of had my eye on. I-, I think I actually own one of those. If you look on the the ps3 part of a shelf under s i want to say i have it
1: just more to your right there civilization starts with a c john
0: no well it, i think it's under civ right siv so it's either that isn't it? Civ, civ is short for civilization which starts with a c well then i'm sid, complete, Myers. sid meyer that's what oh, okay. it'd be on sorry not civ yeah yeah so keep keep looking i'm trying to look as well do i not own a copy Oh, uh, you know what, man? I know it's It's right by your feet in that giant pile of video games uh, that has nowhere to be placed on my game shelf. So, either way, it's definitely something I've wanted to look at as well, dude. Uh, I might actually join you on that on the Switch. What, what was the price point that you paid for it?
1: Full price.
0: And that is... Full
1: price, $60 for a new release.
0: All right, so it's definitely not in my realm of spending. <laughs> okay, so uh, given longevity... I figured it might be a good time to branch into some recent news uh, that's been out there. And you don't have to keep looking, man. I, Yeah, I. there's a giant wall of video games, and God knows where that thing is located. So fallout 76 there's uh reports already and obviously a lot of deals going around for black friday the game is already i think it came out what like a month ago and it's already seen just a couple
1: weeks not even a month
0: oh wow okay it was in
1: beta a month ago
0: oh yeah that's right so i had heard some pretty good reviews i know um our friend the game grinder he had a a beta account and i was enjoying it and uh, you know i saw some decent things from that obviously it was uh, pretty well hyped um, but it's already got reports that it's, uh, 50% off at certain retailers. And, uh, obviously Amazon had it for like 35 bucks. I want to say, uh, for some of its discounts, which is kind of crazy. Cause I mean, if you look at a game like red dead and spider-man, their discounts are like maybe $5 at most, if that, um, and usually their discounts are on like those gold editions of a steel book, if anything, because those are limited quantity items that they're just trying to push out. And it, I mean, the cost differential is not that bad for them. Uh, but Fallout 76, you know, this game is, it was supposed to be pretty uh, well-hyped, but you know, one of the articles that, or not articles, but we read a review by IGN. I'll just do a, a quick quote on it, but it says, In an effort to do everything, Fallout 76 fails to do any of it well enough to form an identity. Its multiplayer mindset robs its quests of all moral decision-making that makes, a ser- that makes the series great And all that's left is a buggy mess of systematic designs that never seem to work together and regularly contradicts itself.
1: And that's the Metacritic quote where they gave it a
0: 50. Yeah, so the game is currently sitting around a 55 review uh, from actual critics and then from gamers. uh, Well, we all know about the Metacritic bombing because it's like 14, a little over close to 1500 reviews. Um, and they have a 2.9 aggregate score, and I'm just looking at the very bottom. It just says no NPCs, no real story, just a lot buggier, uh, or a lot of bugs, disappointing graphics, engine is too old. Please stop using it.
1: Like that's pretty much a thank you, says. Alex Perea, for your uh,
0: yeah, your for, insightful words. Yeah, your insightful words. Uh, review should not be about the current state of product, and not what someone hopes it will be years down the road. The current state is, and then it's just a bunch of. Uh, dots so basically looking at user scores looking at the Metacritic reviews from the critics uh, I would say I don't want to touch this game with a 10-foot pole Uh, as much as I was looking forward to it the whole West Virginia background um, WVU alum so uh, definitely looking forward to that and uh, yeah I just I don't think I can get behind this and I love the Fallout series
1: see now that's kind of where My kind of thoughts on this lie it's I have a very limited exposure to the Fallout series. I've only played three New Vegas and a little bit of four. And from what I can tell, the first two Fallouts for PC, the you know, isometric RPGs, those are very well beloved by you know the people who played them on PC back in the day, and they were great pinnacles of game design and storytelling in the way they played out and then Bethesda came around and turned all that into an awesome shooter that I loved Fallout 3 I thought Fallout 3 was fantastic when I played it I thought New Vegas was even better when I played it and I've spent the last few years telling people about how much better New Vegas is than Fallout 3 because of the story elements and how they kind of handled all that and then I remember being severely disappointed with um Fallout 4. I it was it was trying to bring a bunch of new mechanics which were sorely needed, but the biggest problem with it in my opinion is that Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, New now, Vegas. which
0: which Skyrim? Because I think there's like 10 different Skyrims. I know, I know, right? Is it like. Not the Alexa version. Not the. Okay, so it's the, the microwave version? Is yeah, that right? Exactly, okay.
1: exactly. The microwave version. Uh, the toaster one was okay, though. <clears throat> yeah, but I, the, I did uh, play that
0: one a little bit. I dropped yeah. it in the uh, tub with me, though.
1: Yeah, it's just that all these games, they all feel so samey. And they're just like. It's just like doing the same thing again and again with a different skin on it. And I think that they need to really revamp some things. Like, As soon as Fallout 76 was announced, I knew that I would never play it. I tried playing ESO, and my friends were having a great time with ESO. I felt like it was a watered-down version of Skyrim, which, if you're calling something a watered-down version of Skyrim, I mean, that really says a lot about... How much impact you actually feel in the game? Because Skyrim's already like cutting through paper, you know, paper cutouts and cardboard standees of enemies. Like you don't really feel like anything you're doing has real impact, anyways.
0: Well, I think what we can agree on is Fallout 76 is an obvious cash grab by Bethesda. Uh, that's really all it comes down to. And the game itself, I mean, as much as I would love to play this game if it was like an individual game and had the option for multiplayer um it just apparently was supposed to have that from what i remember they said that you could play it offline like you didn't have to be connected to the internet to play this game and it had its own story but everything i've been reading says otherwise like that it's that the multiplayer just really takes away from the fallout universe it really is just a battle royale and we've already got enough of those games sitting out there like why do we need a fallout version of it why not just deliver us you know west virginia in fallout with a new engine and updated graphics and a new storyline like something like that would have been great like can you imagine side quests with moonshiners that would have
1: been awesome i mean like just a little bit of armchair game design here like if you wanted to make a multiplayer fallout game i mean i don't know exactly what's going on with fallout 76 i haven't really tracked it too close i would assume that you're a part of a vault And you're a survivor come out of the vault the same way you are basically in every one of the Fallout games. How about a game where you play as a raider? Like, if it's an online game and then you're encouraging you to play as, like, kind of a raider faction and, you know, looking out for yourself and stuff, why not set it as that in-universe? Like, why not make everything kind of feel a little bit more like you're a part of this world Not that you're just emerging into this world like you are in the main story games if you're not going to have a main story.
0: You know what I'd really
1: like to see actually
0: is um, a pre-Fallout game. That'd be pretty cool, I think. Like work Well, it. then it's not Fallout.
1: Oh, well, it fallout could, is literally like the pretty... Fallout of the nuclear war. What
0: if What if it's Fallout from the perspective of you're in the blast? Maybe Maybe you play... Fall in. We'll you call fall it fall in, in. Fall in. Maybe you play like half the half the game as like a Nuka-Cola driver, and then you see the blast, and you turn into a ghoul, and then you play the rest of the game as a ghoul. I think see, that'd, that'd be that cool. That could be
1: a cool thing like... For me, online play generally screams to, like, an MMO kind of appeal or genre. Like, I think it would be cool to have, like, a Fallout game where it's like, yeah, you could be a ghoul. You could be a raider. You could be a survivor. You could be a trader. Like, give it, like, some world value where you can actually check out different aspects than what you can show in the mainline story game. Like, nobody wants to be a traitor, in a mainline Fallout title. But if you're doing an online thing. I mean. How many people have been. Uh, miners and traders. And stuff in RuneScape. Or uh, in Path of Exile. Just going through. And just delving dungeons. So that you can participate in the economy. To build up your wealth. And try to see how much you can get through. Like, There's so many games out there. that The online aspect is trying to live out a certain aspect that you can only do when you're not really focused on like a storyline and objectives and stuff like that. More open ended freestyle play.
0: Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with you, man. At the end of the day though, I just, like I said, cash grab, this is totally what it is. And until they make some, you know, changes on the apparent bugs and allow for—I mean, well, I guess you can't allow for a story at this point, or a side, you know, a main quest. I mean, uh, I would
1: assume that they'll come out with some DLC. Oh God, and stuff. But I mean, I don't know where they're gonna go with it exactly. But this is actually a pretty good transition here because I've been still playing Red Dead, and I think what Rockstar did with Red Dead is exactly what Bethesda has to do. With their next title because it's like if I had played half of GTA 5 and been as excited as I was for Red Dead to come out and it was just GTA 6 on horses, I probably still wouldn't be playing it. But the things I can do in that game, kind of like I was talking about in 76, like if I could just walk around my camp and do chores and care about my horse
0: and pet dogs
1: and pet dogs. Like, all the things that you can do in Red Dead that make you feel a part of the world more so than anything that I had done in a previous Rockstar game. Like, it really felt like the storytelling, the characters, the world building and just being in the environment, they really stepped it up and elevated it to the next level. And Bethesda has to pull through and do that because I don't think anybody wants... To play Skyrim again and Fallout again the same way that they've been playing it for years. And they just haven't done it with Fallout 76 trying to transition to a multiplayer, obviously. And Red Dead... They released a fantastic game with Red Dead 2. And I think that it was a good idea to wait on the multiplayer to come out until later. So that people would actually experience the story. Like, I've spent ton of hours just being a cowboy in the main story and I finally kind of come around the turn and I'm like okay I need to focus on doing the missions now because if I'm going to get into the multiplayer with all my friends anyways I'll have plenty of time to just be a cowboy there let's get through the story now before multiplayer comes out and I really want to see what the multiplayer is going to be like in this because I had friends playing GTA 5 multiplayer basically until this came out. I don't think that people are going to be playing Fallout 76 until uh, whatever the next Elder Scrolls game is comes out. Like, I really doubt that. So I want to see and kind of host these two long-term studios that have a huge success rate and some of the best-selling games of all time. Like, they're so similar in having a few different franchises that operate... Pretty much similarly, control-wise, and, you know, there's a lot to be, you know, traded between the two as far as what they have in common, and their differences are mostly setting and story. So, I want to see how the multiplayer of Red Dead is going to compare and look at that and be like, if this wasn't Cowboys, but was post-apocalyptic in the Fallout universe would it be more compelling than what 76 is and I'll do my best to stay unbiased because I'm not going to buy Fallout 76 and invest a bunch of hours into it to make the comparison I'll just kind of I know a streamer who plays it and he seems to thoroughly enjoy it uh check him out uh Ziggy D on YouTube and Twitch he's uh he's great and he seems to really like it. So I'll check out some more of his content and let you guys know what I think about his reactions to that versus my reactions to Red Dead. Yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, you know,
0: one of the things that you kind of mentioned was uh, wanting to play those games on multiplayer and such a friend's. Honestly, I haven't even, I can't remember since maybe Dark Souls was the last time I played any sort of multiplayer type game online. I just haven't been interested in playing an open world multiplayer based game. And maybe that's one of the things that's kind of holding me back from a fallout 76 is it's purely multiplayer. I just really have no interest in dealing with other people's, you know, latency issues, I guess on the internet and having bombs and stuff go off at random with nobody near me because they're lagging behind. So, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm at with it, but We'll see. Um, definitely going to keep up with it, see if anything improves over the next year or so. If it opens up to where we're like, all right, you'll have an individual story that can be offline, then maybe I'll look into it. But at this point, definitely no interest. Uh, as far as things that we're currently playing, though, so you were talking about Red Dead. I am still heavily involved in Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, I know you've got a few reservations about it since uh, we talked last week. I'm currently sitting there in, let's see, I just finished Lavender Town, um and i just woke up snorlax um had tons of battles i'm still enjoying the nostalgia feeling of it i honestly haven't played a pokemon game since i think emerald i want to say um i just never did keep up with the ds versions of it uh so i haven't had the issue of seeing kanto redone you know for the upteenth millionth time uh this is really the first time i've seen kanto redone outside of like you know playing pokemon yellow and silver when i was a kid Those really weren't redos, and it was very much a, I'm a child and I completely love Pokemon, so I don't care if it's Kanto again for the third time. Uh, This version of Pokemon, like I said, definitely enjoying it. I've got my Venusaur, my Ivasaur, my Blastoise, um, well, Venusaur. Blastoise and Charizard not Ivysaur sorry I've got Mew I've got Pikachu and I'm currently raising Machop to try and trade you to get a Machamp so we'll see how that goes I've got a few Pokemon sitting with the uh what's it called the daycare try and level them up on the side and like I said definitely enjoying it liking the idea of being able to put outfits on my Pikachu so he's got a snazzy pair of aviators with a suit Right now, um, I'm dressed in my Team Rocket garb, running around catching Pokemon. So, uh, right now, definitely enjoying the game, loving the gameplay. Uh, I understand that it's an easier version of Pokemon, and I definitely agree uh, with the, the idea of... You know how in the old games, you'd have to obviously grind out. You'd have to throw your weakest Pokemon first, transition them out, put in a strong one, defeat a larger enemy, and obviously increase levels. Um, whereas this one, you just catch a Pokemon, everybody benefits. So like, there's no continual, like having to jump in and out of battle. And, you know, we've already discussed that, uh, in the last episode, but, you know, I just kind of want to hammer back on that. If anybody hasn't picked it up, you know, this is, I think I'm about 13 hours in, I've got four gym badges. I'm well over halfway through the game right now. Um, honestly about, I think it's, Maybe 15 more levels, I'll be at the lowest point possible to take on the Elite Four. So, really, I mean, and in that 13 hours, I've spoken to every single person in every town multiple times. I've battled every single trainer I could find. I've caught every Pokemon that has come my way. Uh, Obviously, ones that, you know, didn't run away. Um, I've done just about everything that you can do in this game and i am still enjoying every moment of it and it's super fast i mean you obviously saw my my characters and where i'm at that's not a lot of intensive
1: grinding yeah i mean it's uh it's one of those things like i really hesitate to say that this being an easier pokemon makes it a worse pokemon cuz i don't think that I would prefer to sit there and try and grind out all these fights instead of just throwing Pokeballs and getting experience. Like It's so much easier and quicker to do and more... I mean, it's almost more involved because you have to aim the thing instead of just spamming Tackle or Vine Whip or whatever your first move is in order to just get through the combat. So I definitely think that some of the changes that they've implemented have been great. But unlike John, I've owned every Pokemon since the beginning except for uh, Sun or Moon. I I haven't had either of those. And it's just one of those things, like, as much as I thought I would be nostalgic and trying to go through and trying to enjoy, like, I'm, I'm just barely, like, halfway through Mount Moon. And I've been pretty busy this week, so I haven't given it the time I should have. I've still been playing Red Dead. I picked up Civ 6 and played that a little bit. But it's just, it still feels like the same thing. Like, it still just feels like I'm grinding through Pokemon. And I feel like, you know, I'm kind of, I've kind of given, you know, Rockstar some praise and I've kind of given some heat to Bethesda. But I mean,. Everybody loves Pokemon every time and it's the same freaking thing every single time. And it's just like, I'm really hoping that I can push through this. I'm pretty sure I can push through this. But I'm really hoping that the actual new Switch game that comes out that is going to be like the next mainline Pokemon. I'm excited for... What they can do with that, especially since uh, Game Freak is working on that new game that they're coming out with. I think it was codenamed like Town oh, yeah, or yeah. Village or something. Like, I really want to see what they do when they can break away from Pokemon and change up the formula and figure out some new things. And I'm hoping between this version of Pokemon and that new title... That they can kind of aggregate what people like from both games and bring Pokemon into a new generation. I mean, years ago, we're going to go back to another little bit of backseat game design, you know, armchair game design. We talking 1996 back? Well, I had an idea when the DS came out for how they could have revamped Pokemon. So, you you know what the... uh, the old school Pokemon battle arena from the anime looked like, right? It was like a field split into two halves. You know, you had your trainer on either side in the box. They throw their Pokemon out. They fight on that field with the pokeball in the middle, right? Yeah. So you have a DS, you've got a top screen and a bottom screen. So you've got two halves of the field right there. You've got an L and R button to strafe or dodge roll to the side. You've got a D pad to move around And you've got four buttons to correspond to the four moves and you just have it play out as like a real-time combat scenario. Like if they had changed Pokemon to something like that years ago, like that would be a much greater change to maybe implement now. And like let's get Pokemon away from the same old turn-based thing. Like maybe even just it might even be enough to just upgrade it to like... An active time battle system where different moves like, you know, I know that, uh, solar beam takes two turns to cast and hyper beam takes a turn to use and then a turn to recover from the attack. But like, let's get away from just turn-based combat and make it into something that's like a little peppier, a little bit more like, Hey, I know Pokemon is like a really great appealing franchise to kids. But I've been playing it, you know, since the 90s. I'm not a kid anymore. I've played this game. I've played a hundred different games exactly like this game. Well, have you Let's know, upgrade I, here.
0: I haven't played this game yet, and it's an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, I, like I said, dude, I am at the point right now where I am just truly enjoying the complete redo of Kanto from my perspective because I haven't played all the other games now i own all the other ones but i haven't played them all so you know they just kind of sit on the shelf because your your, wife plays them yeah she does play them but to your point um it is the same thing over and over again and that's why after emerald i was kind of like i'm burnt out as a kid i was burnt out off the same thing and then i've kind of picked them up periodically when they're like five bucks when i find them Um, and I just kind of sit on a shelf in the event that I do want to play them but my wife plays them so they're getting some game time uh, which is pretty cool but yeah it's it's the same thing over and over and over again with this and luckily for me there's enough differentiation from this versus the older games that I'm into it and I'm willing to play it Um, but there could be other games that are on my shelf that I should be playing um well, I guess we can probably. Do you think we've got enough of our uh,
1: Pokemon out this week? I mean, yeah, for now, like, we'll see where we're at next week. I will do, I promise, I will do my best to continue to push through. I would like to beat this. I would like to say that with all of the time saving measures there are in this game and the nostalgia, and it is a beautiful looking game. Like, I love looking at it, I love seeing everything, I love having my Ekans slither behind me. I love seeing how john has like the most basic party ever it's right, just yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna have all the things you would ever expect and meanwhile i'm like all right when do i get my cubone i already have my Ekans and my zubat gotta get those leveled up
0: i'll have you know i'm waiting for my Alolan marowak that's why i haven't put a cubone into my party yet so once that comes around i will do that the only reason raichu Alolan raichu is in a party is because i got pikachu i,
1: I don't like the Alolan.
0: i like the Alolan. it looks like a raichu surfing and then my gloom is currently sitting with the uh uh, what do you call it what's her the uh uh, caretaker caretaker yeah so that should be a vile plume next time i get it and i'm waiting for my nido queen to evolve so I'll, i'll have all the crazy random pokemon don't you worry yeah they'll be there
1: so yeah we'll we'll get back to pokemon and we'll talk about it a little more once we get uh you know a little bit further
0: and there is the dog barking if you could hear it in the background Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and discuss our inflation deflation. So we went ahead and played Spin Jam on the PlayStation console. And uh, Spin Jam is essentially uh, like Tetris meets like a bubble bobble type of deal. Um, Give me one sec. I am going to quiet the dog down. All right. And we're back from uh, quieting the dog down. That was a quick uh, two second break for you guys. More like a three or four minute break for us. So spin jam kind of like a Tetris game was released in, I think it was July of 2000 on the PlayStation one. There's probably a Japanese port of it somewhere around there on the planet. Um, but it's like a Tetris meets bubble bobble. Uh, you've got these little animated characters and these petals that surround a circle and you're supposed to shoot these orbs into uh, the center of it. And they blast. Here, let out. me, oh. let
1: me go back and break this down a little bit better. Okay. It, you have a, you have a gear, In the middle of a circle, that circle is surrounded by colored petals, and you are firing from the bottom of the screen towards the center, little colored spheres. Those spheres go into the middle of the gear at the center that you can rotate, and once you combine three of the same color together, anything on the opposite side of that rotating gear in the middle will explode off. And the object of the game is to get those exploded bits to hit those pedals on the outside of the circle that are the coordinating color to pop.
0: At least that's what we thought for the most part. I mean, that, yeah, that's the general gist of it, but I think in layman's term, the correct gameplay terminology for this is crap. Like that. that's really what it breaks down to, right?
1: I, I would say so. We We tried, folks, we tried this week, we looked at a selection of games like we do every week, and we kind of looked up the prizes on them, and we were like, you know what? We haven't done a puzzle game yet. This game, Loose, is only, you know, 3... What is it? 3.19 or something like that? Uh, something like that. 3.19 Loose, I think. Yeah. So, you know, given something like that, Four,
0: let's... 4.03 complete in
1: box. So, we'll find a game that is worth it to play, and... You know, our first foray into puzzles did not seem to turn out that way. I'm sad to say that Spin Jam looks like something and plays like something that should be on new grounds. Like it it's not it's not like the classic retro. Reaching back into your memory banks on the PlayStation One that you want to go back and play that you felt like you got a steal and deal for three dollars. You know
0: you know what, man? Um I gave you four selections this week. We had Pow Rapper to Rapper, we had Skull Monkeys, Wreck and Crew, of so racing game, Wreck Crew, and this game. And you uh well I guess I've heard of
1: all three of the other games and I've seen content on everything except for this and skull monkeys. Now, I will take the blame. I did say,
0: yeah, let's go ahead and play Spin Jam because of the cutesy animation cover. You know how they say never judge a book by its cover? Yeah, we definitely shouldn't have judged a book by its cover on this one. Um, it was. I don't know. I
1: think the cover looks better than the gameplays.
0: Honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the paper on the inside should be worth more than the actual disc itself. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's really bad. So uh, Ryan and I were actually looking up an IGN article, and they gave
1: this game, what was a 7 out of 10? Yeah, it was a 7 out of 10, and, I mean, they, they gave it like an 8 for replayability. Like, we played it for all of 10, 15 minutes, and I got the gist of what to do, and it just... It lost it, its
0: replayability for me in probably the first two minutes.
1: Yeah, it just wasn't engaging in a way that I felt... Felt like I wanted to engage with. Like I obviously knew what they were going for. And how it was supposed to play out. But it's like maybe you know there is some room to say here. That if this was the only PlayStation I had you know when I was a kid. And I had to play this until something else came out. And I spent hours on it. Like I'm not saying that it couldn't be something you get used to. But given you know. We're judging this based off of today, not based off of what it was then. And I'm saying that in today's day and age, you could probably get much better games, you know, at comparable prices. I mean, I played, uh, what was it, Sparkle Three or Spark Three or whatever? One of those games that I got, uh, I talked about last week for 49 cents on the Switch store. I had a much better time playing that and that had a six out of ten on steam you Let, know
0: let's go back into this uh, ign score because it's just kind of laughable so presentation cute characters several modes of play could have used a couple more they gave it a six honestly that would probably be the highest score in my opinion graphics basic but they do what's necessary For its time, I would say it's okay. It's comparable
1: to other things. I mean, the character designs aren't as nostalgic as something like Bubble Bobble. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's comparable.
0: Yeah, and they gave it a five on that. Um, Six for sound. They said the music and sound effects are good, but not great. I would agree with them on that. I'd actually give it a four. Uh, Gameplay. And it says, here we go. This stuff is fun. Gets crazy after a while. No, no, it really doesn't. It just stays kind of boring. And Lasting Appeal fun lasts for hours the kind of thing like heroin for gamers if that's heroin consider me not a drug addict
1: right i mean that's that's a pretty that's a pretty strong statement heroin statements right there heroin
0: for gamers and it also shows that article was written in 2000 shows where we are in today's time that they were able to say heroin for gamers yeah it's kind
1: of funny yeah it's uh it's definitely not what they cracked it up to be and As much as I was really looking to give a game, you know, a nice, easy ride this week. I'm just going to say that three bucks is more than I'm willing to pay for this. Like, I'm glad John spent his money on this game and not me.
0: I will have you know, it probably came in a major pickup of some sort and did not cost me a dime.
1: Yeah. So that's definitely going to be an inflated from us. You know, if this is something you're nostalgic for and you've played it in the past, uh, go ahead and pick it up before it peaks out again at 750, like it did last year before the market dropped out on it. So, you know, if if you if you're looking to save a tenner, go for it now. I, don't, I mean, you're not really saving a
0: tenner; saving more of a five at that. Um, yeah, no, I would have to agree with you, man. Completely inflated at its uh, three dollar price point, loose. If you come across this game, it's not even worth a frisbee.
1: I I could see this being something that somebody out there buys the rights to, uh, maybe cleans up some of the sprite work a little bit, and uh, you know, kind of ports it over to a free mobile game that spams you with ads between rounds. I could definitely see that happening, and never downloading it. Yeah. Or you download it because
0: you're flying out of the, out of state and you need something quick to play. So you play that for a little bit and you're like, all right, that was good for an hour. And you turn it off.
1: Yeah, that's why I bought Civ 6.
0: <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that is our Inflation Deflation this week. What game are you thinking for next week? I'm kind of thinking out of the other
1: three that I presented to you. Let's go ahead and do Skull Monkeys because I was, I was really curious. It was that or this. And... This obviously was not the way to go. So we'll come back at you next week with Skull Monkeys, and we'll hopefully spend more than fifteen minutes. And uh, you know, I think hopefully it'll be worth it.
0: So just a little inside information for you. Initially, I was actually going to grab Home Alone Two on a Sega Genesis for our game because you know we're getting into uh, in the Christmas time here. And it might be a a good game to play for the season. Another game I'm looking at for us is Nightmare Before Christmas on the PS2. So that might be a good title to play.
1: Yeah, I would love to get in some holiday stuff. So next week, we'll go ahead and check out Skull Monkeys. Um, And that'll definitely be a much taller order to stand up to. Currently loose at $30.05. So, you know, we'll see if Spin Jam was just something we were a little too hard on. Or if... Skull Monkeys lives up to the price point. And so uh, that's going to be it for us on uh, the Game Deflators Season 2, Episode 7. I've been Ryan.
0: And I'm John. And we are the Game Deflators.